You are listening to WPOE, the worst place on earth. She was born and raised in a little town just outside of Muskogee. Out a Mustang with a red flame, she get out run a smoky. Yeah. She lay her money down and buy around for the whole damn place. Go all in with a bad hand and keep a straight face. She's a wild From NBC Local News. Florida woman accused of zipping boyfriend into suitcase, leaving him to die. I remember when he met my son. It took some time to introduce him because I don't want just anyone meeting him. Setting up that kind of a date with my child involved means I trust you. It means we're moving forward, so... I took my time this time around, but there we were. We all went to a ball game. He kept trying to catch a foul ball for Nico. I thought it was sweet. He kept looking back at me every time he did it, like, see? See how nice I'm being to him? As if he wanted a prize for it. I wrote it off, thought it was charming. He was trying to impress both of us. He was trying to be a good man. Didn't strike me as off or as a performance. And maybe it wasn't. Maybe he was sincere. We had problems. Like everybody does. Now, I'm not new to this. I've gotten a charge, so is he. Domestic violence. I think the time I was charged, the neighbors had called. Heard screaming and a bookcase hit the ground. One of those Ikea bookcases, you know, it doesn't take much for those to fall. My son's clay flower vase he made in school was on one of those shelves and it shattered, so I was upset. He wasn't at the house at the time, but Nico noticed when it was gone, as I knew he would. My boyfriend and I specifically, we we had gotten very close very quickly. Moved in quickly. Not to most people, but for me it was. I was still healing. He was younger than me, but he was nice. Spending a couple years together seems like the blink of an eye, especially when you have young children. Time pulls tricks on you. We started to disagree a lot. I thought he was cheating on me. I mean, he was, but I'm not sure if that's because I knew he would or because he already was. Either way, it was hard for me not to blame myself. My boyfriend started doing this thing he never did before. When we were intimate, at first I took it as proof that he was cheating, you know, trying something new on me he tried with somebody else, but it wasn't that. This must have been reserved for me. It felt personal, like he had something to get off his chest. He had some pent-up anger, something he couldn't release easily. Well, he started choking me. It wasn't the sort of thing he would try once in a while, or even something we could discover together and talk about. It was a sudden thing, and he would do it without warning, and it would take time for him to stop, even when I pleaded him to. I also thought maybe he saw it in a movie, and he thought it would be exciting for both of us. I mean, that's how I started to justify it to myself. In between encounters with him where I was unable to breathe and wondering when he would stop. It's not like we talked about what was happening, so all I could do was wonder when it would stop. Every time the hands would go up and I would reach, but I couldn't speak, and then just before I would black out completely, all purple, gasping through tiny wheezed breaths and my eyes rolled back, he would suddenly stop. That's right, bitch, take it, would usually be what he would say once his grip was off my neck. Take it, and continue thrusting. I guess otherwise that would have been fine if it was just sexy talk, but his hands around my neck didn't feel good. It didn't feel like something we both wanted. It was a punishment. 
for what, who knows. We couldn't agree on anything anymore. The shouting matches escalated. I was scared. It was happening again, and with someone I loved, someone I trusted, someone who now lived with me and my son. Every day was a constant bargaining match with myself. How are you going to make this work? How are you going to escape? We were spending more time at home. Everyone was. He and I were alone in our unit, left to our own devices. My son was with my mom for the weekend. She bought him this new truck set, and I don't know how, but I think she knew what I was on the brink of doing. Like I said, I have my patterns. And your mom. Even if you think she doesn't pay attention, even if she's another freestanding adult with her own whims and ideas and distractions. She knows things. She knows me. My mom, I think, could smell it in my sweat, see it in my eyes, feel tremors in the air. She lived through my dad. She would help me live through another boxing partner. She would help protect my son while I figured this out. I got home after I dropped him off, and I didn't know where to begin. We hadn't been alone in a while, especially without fighting right at the onset. But for once, we didn't really have anything to fight about, so it was quiet. Kind of like when you go to the doctor and you're not showing symptoms anymore, or you go to the mechanic and the car is running fine. I was about to blow up our whole relationship, and for once we were just okay. It felt almost eerie, as if the universe was conspiring with him against me. So I started drinking. He followed suit. We were watching something on TV, some old crime show. He started feeling me up under my shirt and trying to get me to sit in his lap. I kept getting up when this would escalate as if I was being a tease or playing a game, but really I just didn't want him to touch me anymore. I, I guess on some level sometimes I did still want him, but I just didn't want him to hurt me. We were pretty drunk. It was getting difficult for me to ignore his advances. I tried to go upstairs to the bedroom, take a shower maybe. He followed me up. Every couple stairs I almost fell in his hands, held me up. I flinched when he did it and relaxed, back and forth, every single time, anticipating a touch that wasn't tender. And yet, he was soft. He was playful. We got into the bedroom, and I realized when I walked in that I left the suitcase open. I had planned to leave, but I hadn't packed. We hadn't talked. Instead, we were stumbling around the bedroom hammered as if we were going to have sex. My plan was completely screwed up. He started undoing his pants, and I said, Hey, let's try something. Why don't you get in there? And he was like, You're crazy, babe. And I said, You're scared. And he said, No. And I said, Prove it, huh? Prove you want it. Which I don't even know what I meant at the time, whether I saw it as expression of devotion or what, or if he took it as some kind of dare. But I think for me, it was just the quickest way to eliminate the possibility of him getting close to me. If I could just get him in the suitcase and this would slow down for a minute. I just needed to distract him somehow from the course he was taking, and then next thing I knew he was compliant to my wishes, and I had him in the suitcase, and then he told me to zip him up, and I did, and then he was just a suitcase. He was a tiny man, curled up inside a roller bag. I couldn't see his stupid expression anymore, and he was all coiled up inside himself, like, like a hibernating chipmunk breathing shallowly as if he was waiting for winter to be over, and... He was making the smallest of noises, whimpering to himself at first, like, like he was starting to be aware that there wasn't enough air to stay in there for that long. It was within the first minute he stopped seeing this as a game, and he finally said, 
very calmly as if he didn't doubt me. Hey, get me out of here, babe. And I just stood there in a paralysis, standing over him, unmoved. It was as if I had this unseen magical wand in my hand and I could wave all my problems away. I could make him see things the way I saw them. He would listen. He had no choice. But I was drunk and I was angry, so I took out my phone and I started filming. I said things, you know, angry things. This is how it feels when you choke me, when you cheat on me, when I can't breathe. And slowly he realized it wasn't funny, I wasn't choking. He wasn't getting out, and then that's when he started pleading with me to let him out. Begging like he had done before to take him back, that he was sorry for choking me, for hitting me, for cheating on me, for scaring me and my child, but... But this time I wasn't having any of it, so I decided to let him wait. To let him suffer. To feel how helpless I felt this whole time. And I yelled my face off so much that I had this terrible heaviness and my head hurt from crying and yelling and being overwhelmed with this feeling. This feeling of relief. That I could finally let him go. That me and my child could move on. That someone would love me better because I stood up for myself because I walked away. Then I fell asleep on the couch downstairs with my phone nestled in my hand. I woke up and there was drool all over my face. My head was splitting. It took a couple seconds for me to remember where he was. I shot up out of my seat and instantly darted to the stairs. The suitcase was closed, sitting still on the carpet. There was a shape inside it, stretching the fabric. A solid lump. I don't know why I just assumed he would get out. He was such a giant to me, capable of gripping the wind out of me with his clenched fists, his veins popping out of his head when he shook me and lied to my face, spitting on me while he was yelling that I was killing him, that I was everything that was wrong with his life. I figured he would climb out. He would be fine. They always come back, just like in horror movies. The cycles continue. The sequels get made. The victims pile up. I zipped open the suitcase halfway and stopped instantly. He didn't jump out. He didn't move. He wasn't breathing. I fell down to the carpet, full body to the floor like a gunshot had rung out. My ears were ringing so loud and the room was spinning like... Like I was hit by an invisible bullet. With shaking hands, I, I pulled out my phone and I called the cops. I don't even remember what I said. I just laid there and hung up, staring at the ceiling, circling around like I was in a floating teacup, and somehow I couldn't breathe, so I reached for the phone again and I called my mother. The first thing I could hear through the noises in my head was Nico in the background, making truck sounds and giggling. His tiny voice rose out of the din. There's a lot of garbage piled up in there, he shouted. My mother had bought him these, these Fisher-Price dump trucks, all bright primary colors with neon Play-Doh trash to carry in the gaping plastic truck bed. I imagined the mess he was making, a mess he had finally learned to clean up himself. I choked on a sob, covering the sound from leaving my mouth. I was barely in my body anymore. My mother, the clairvoyant, spoke up out of my silence. Hey, honey, you need him to stay longer, huh? 
I still couldn't respond. I was just listening to him playing in the background, bashing the trucks into each other, making loud crashing sounds over and over again. His world unaltered. Hello? She tried again. My mouth started to form a sound that would create a spoken word. Honey, are you in trouble? I think that was the first time in my life anyone's ever asked. Got a Wrangler's on with a farmer's tan, cowboy boots that he's breaking in, wearing an old T-shirt. That's nice to see you guys. Yeah. Oh man, what month is it? Uh, I don't that. think. I think I thought I read an article that said the Roman calendar is defunct. Oh great. We're we're working uh, off of the backwards Mayan calendar now, back from Armageddon to to the time next zero. Armageddon. Oh, okay, okay, got it. If right. you don't have days, weeks, or months, you can't have a second wave. So, right, it's like uh, living in a not living in a nautilus shell. You just spin in concentric circles until you fly <laughs> off the game board. Really, I just meant how many months have we been doing this? <laughs> it would oh. be four or five, no? You mean sitting here in my underwear? <laughs> yeah, I think it, Jess, I think it's four. Yeah, we're in month four. Yeah. Really? We're, we've completed the fourth. Well, I stopped work March 13th, officially. Yeah. So for me, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Ooh. How's everybody doing? Caleb, you're not frozen, are you? I think Caleb's frozen. Oh my the, God, he's the frozen. Mayans, the Mayans Look cursed him. him. <laughs> oh, he's back. Yeah, uh, you guys both froze. No, you froze. No, you no, froze, you bro. froze. You froze. No, you froze. No, you froze. You guys froze, bros. Frozen bros. Frozen bros on NBC. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a TV show where you watch frat boys slowly freeze to death in a walk-in freezer. That's currently not being used because the restaurant's closed. Right. You watch frat boys haze each other even though school is shut down. It's a great way to reutilize um, underutilized restaurant equipment during the pandemic. Yeah, that's sustainable. I like Frozen Bros SVU. (laughs) I like Frozen Bros Blue. They're cops. Frozen Bros SUV. (laughs) <laughs> where the ac is just a touch too cold yeah it's just a little bit hey too man. cold hey man can you just turn it down the back just a little bit man just a little bit hey hey dude uh you know like i just want my beer to stay cold and but my legs to stay warm <laughs> you have a little blanket or something i could just put on my legs so that yeah, I don't your mom feel the leave beer. like a cardigan in the back or something just... yeah whoa this totally smells like mom this cardigan like totally smells like mom. Oh man, yeah, my my blood's boiling now, man. You you might want to put put up that partition, bro. <laughs> Gross. Put up that partition, bro. Next week on SUV Bros. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, Dave Corey, for those delicious farts. Frozen Bros SUV. I think it's apropos we're talking about bros and we're using farts to punctuate our uh, yeah. punchlines. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. Speaking of bros, Clara stuck one of them into a suitcase. <laughs> That's the only way to deal with them, man. <laughs> I feel like I think this is an ongoing case. So, uh, ongoing suitcase case. Next up on Bros, Frozen Bros, SVU SUV Blue. Unsolved suitcase cases. <laughs> I mean, the case is pretty solved for me. Uh, <laughs> But but this is a piece of fiction, so I'm not making any claims. Well, not total fiction. Yeah, I not mean, totally. That, that whole scenario actually happened, right? It's pretty insane. Yeah. You said that you listened to her or read her interview with the police, yeah? Her initial response was that they were playing games or some kind of like drinking game. And then she forgot he was in there. Uh, yeah, and that it was an accident. Right. But then they seized her phone, and there was video of her like jaunting or 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 taunting and jeering at him. Wait, but I hope there's also <laughs> video of her jaunting. <laughs> That's the new verb. In little court pants with a <laughs> jester hat on. So it happens when you jeer and taunt. <laughs> you're you're taken back to medieval times. I'm jaunting with this plate of. Of of very delicate butter. <laughs> I'm just going to jaunt across the room here and set it down next to the biscuits, if you don't mind. It's a very elegant place for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess there had been some element of abuse or some kind of, you know, we, we don't know what really went down, but she's like yelling at him about choking her, cheating on her, uh, you know. All the regular relationship stuff in Florida. It's, it's crazy. I mean, people are quarantined, but you think of the people who are in these relationships or are victims of domestic abuse, and they have nowhere to go. Like they're yeah. they're stuck with their abusers. It's just a powder keg. Like it's I can bad. only imagine. Yeah, it's more of like a a suitcase bomb though than a powder keg. I really responded to this story on several lev levels, but when I first read it, after you'd written it, I felt this like connection with her in this weird way. Like, uh, I've been feeling like, wouldn't it be nice to just shove all of your problems into a suitcase and <laughs> zip it up and just leave it there? <laughs> yeah, that could be walk therapeutic. Away. Yeah, just walk away. It's just a suitcase. It's That's just it a is. suitcase, and I don't have to take it with me. <laughs> It's a very clean solution. I mean, yeah, it's it, it to me it's just like I don't know where where it connects like uh narratively in the world but it is such a like a it feels so and I know like the story this is separate from the the story that you wrote and the and the the story that it's based on but it feels like such a clean end you know like she has the suitcase out because she's going to pack up her shit and leave this frat boy behind yeah um and instead she puts him in it yeah i mean yeah. it's like because she realizes she doesn't need to leave he just needs to leave permanently <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's an extreme reaction, but... Pack him up in the suitcase. <laughs> but for victims of trauma, I mean, I can only imagine. We all process things yeah, differently. I, I mean, like, I, yeah, you know, I'm, not, I'm not lightening the load. <laughs> but I am saying that it just felt... There's this like this... Um, I, I found myself just relating to that, uh, that some kind of like deep desire for like swift, ven- swift vengeance, like or 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 just like like packing of your trauma, yeah, into a thing, like into a FedEx package, and just <laughs> letting the guy take it away. <laughs> it feels like send yeah, it to Costa Rica to be cleaned. The one thing that I specifically found relatable was the bit about the IKEA bookcase. <laughs> if if you haven't had one of those fall on you, you yeah. you're not doing it right. Yeah, yeah, right. Doesn't take much for one of those. Not to fall. much at all. I laugh my ass off. You guys, the, the, those bookcases are called the the Dorkel triers, and that in Danish. Where, where's IKEA from? <laughs> Aren't they Sweden? Is it Danish? They're Switzerland. They're no they're... Sweden. They're no. Oh Swedish. no, they're Swedish. Swedish. Swedish because of the meatballs, right? Right, right, right. I ruined that joke because I thought it was Danish at first. It was. It had a real healthy beginning to it. It I really it did. It really did. You found that word, you know. Uh, I you know, had some I know. momentum. I know, yeah. and then and then I screwed it up. And then that bookcase fell right down. But Book. that's. That's on brand for them. Crappy bookcase <laughs> fell. I chopped my toe off. Well, they sell the the little bracket, or not? They they don't sell it. They include that little bracket that hooks to the wall. Nobody the puts bookcase. that bracket up. That thing falls right down. Until I always put it in. I put it in too because if you don't put it in, you can't even put two shelves you can't even worth put of a stuff book on that there. Bookcase. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what is it's like particle board and like it's uh, no it's this it's this um Scandinavian cracker that they eat with <laughs> smoked fish. I think it's called like a, a oh a lipsig. It's like a little cracker <laughs> that you dip in in smoked fish spread. And they realized yeah. that they could um build bookcases out of this stuff and sell it to stupid Americans. Yeah they could just laminate it. Laminate the cracker. They just laminate it with with whale fat, <laughs> and oh then lightly God. toast it. Box it up, and you're on your way. They put it in a toy kiln, a Fisher Price kiln. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that seems right. I wonder if Fisher Price ever had a kiln that they marketed to children. <laughs> oh, to <laughs> a plastic kiln. It doesn't heat up to nine thousand degrees. Only eight hundred and fifty. Standard, please. Enough to put your mother inside. It will burn you, but it won't incinerate you entirely. <laughs> you can't sue us, by the way. You read this you read this very fine print. We're owned by Disney. You can't sue us. We're not racist. We love Hamilton. <laughs> oh my that... god, we cannot talk about Hamilton. No, we're not Why not? do it. Because Matt we're and I Matt and I, Caleb and I have been we rambling exhausted. on. Oh my god. Oh. Like, I'm sorry, you're not immigrants, you're colonizers. Uh, you're rapists, slave owners. You're, why are we softening this genocide? Of course Disney is all about this. It's Fresh Prince fucking raps. It's cheesy as hell. It is totally Fresh Prince raps. It was all that stuff in my mind until I watched it and then I liked it. Damn, man. Uh, 
I've trashed it for five years having not seen it. <laughs> yeah, us too. Yeah, yeah, same here. And then I watched it and I was like, oh shit, it's really I have good. no interest in... It's in, actually lived up to the hype. I was in, so in, bummed. In rap that was made for old white ladies. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm with story. you. I'm telling you. This I, is the I was story you. how the White House was built. Built on the backs of... What? Not going to say the We don't the talk word. about that. <laughs> Wicker worker. Wow. For about six months, my entire personal brand was trashing Hamilton <laughs> at every turn. Great at parties. Yeah. Musical really, theater closing night parties. Really popular opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really dug in. And then I, when it came on for free, I was like, well, it's for free and we're not doing anything forever. So I have to watch it <laughs> at some point. And we for, loved it. I for, loved it. For, okay. Forever's a lonely planet. It really is. That's what this feels like every day. But Renee is great, who plays Angelica. Like she, I mean, the the talent is amazing, and it's difficult because it allows all this space for like queer actors, actors of color, non-binary actors to like perform and have jobs, and it gives them you know a, a space of their own. But they're also playing they're playing out the erasure of history and they're reenacting white supremacy. Like it's all, a, it glorifies white supremacy. It feels like the casting was secondary to give it some kind of weight in that arena. Whereas you just have members of marginalized communities telling a white story. Telling the story of their oppressors. And so like, like I don't understand that, I guess, like philosophically how that really plays it feels like that's just like the cheapest way to market something in a different space that's what it feels like yeah so are you saying that there's no way to tell that story then because if you do it traditionally then you just say well that's a story no one needs to well no i just think it's see. a story that's already been told a million times if you want to tell um a reimagined story about the founding of our country tell that story from the actual perspective of slaves or tell that story from the perspective of native Amer americans don't tell the story of hamilton that everybody already knows and just set it to rap because all that does is continue the tradition of telling that story from a white perspective but you're having people of color perform it. And I don't know how that's different than minstreling, honestly. I don't yeah, know how that's Yeah, you're you're putting the burden on the backs of these performers of color. Like you're letting them tell the story of their oppressors and you're telling this light story so the white people in the audience who can afford a thousand dollar ticket like the price of tickets to hamilton like broke records and they can go home and feel better about themselves because they got like a light lesson in i don't know what they learned is it a history lesson is it like a that's no, just a broadway show like well, it's it's yeah but it's not it won the pulitzer and the MacArthur yes. genius and all the there Tonys is something different about the way that it's been uh, marketed and received and reviewed, and that it hasn't been, it, it, it that's not the way it's been talked about in our, in in the in the culture. It hasn't been just said that. That's not what people say about it. They don't say that it's just right. some entertainment, entertainment, right? Piece but when of I fluff. when I took it in, I was you know having 
been saddled with all of this hype for five years at least. Right. Dude. I took that into the experience. I turn it on and then within 10, 15 minutes, I was like, oh my God, like people make so much about this. It's really just a, it's just a good Broadway musical. It's not more than that. But that isn't how it's discussed in the culture. No, it isn't how it's discussed, but that is what it is. Right. It's just a play. A really, yeah. like a, like a, like a Fresh Prince raps play. It's... <laughs> surprisingly the music isn't even that bad like that was the other thing that i dug in on and i should have listened to it first because it didn't offend me musically like i thought satisfied is really great that song i could imagine is so difficult to master that angelica has that's like the showstopper but again the women in that show just talk about the men the whole time which seems appropriate for the time period but if they are hot (laughs) <laughs> but again, but if it's like a revolutionary piece of, you know, um, you know, it's a social justice theater, then why doesn't this show pass the Bechdel test? Why doesn't this show uh, give voice to the people who are marginalized at the time or, or kind of shine light on a different perspective we don't already know? That like, is really honestly why I haven't seen it. Because, yes, maybe it's entertaining. And, and I've seen Broadway shows and like totally fluffy fun yeah. Broadway shows and I had fun but no one was talking about those shows as if they uh, were groundbreaking social experiments and I think that uh, that's where that bristles in me when people talk about it that way yeah, because it's a lie. it does for me I'm too. gonna write a rap musical about Donald Trump and it's just going to be about how great he is. But I'm going to have a trans actor play him. Yeah, a black trans woman play Trump. And the whole and it's not camp. It's not lampooning him. It's just uh, straight up a glorified history piece that whitewashes all of the crimes of like... I mean, that, <laughs> how, how would that be past. different? How would that be different? <laughs> the thing about our culture today is that when people get excited about something, they put it on the top of Mount Everest. Like right. everything yeah. is either awesome, awesome, right. super great, awesome, amazing, or it's it's trash. It's shit. It's trash. <laughs> Wait. You know, there's not like you got any middle ground there, for Matt. what I loved it. No, no, but what it no, actually no, is. He well. got Valley Girl in there. It's trash. Yeah. It's yeah, trash. I fried. I mean honestly what's the difference? Trump sounds like a Valley Girl to me sometimes. It's trash. Terrible. He is like a weird Valley Girl. Yeah. Like with the spray tan and then, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. bangs. <laughs> no, but Matt, I'm with you because I don't think anyone it's here... It's been yeah. elevated so much and I don't totally. know that it was his intention to have anything more than another great show like In the Heights was right. for him. And then it took on this this machine but I mean, because people really responded to it. Okay, who does it? PR for him? Because we need someone to do PR for us and say that we're saving the world with yeah. our fart jokes. Yes, we and, do. You know, <laughs> they're, not even our, they're not even our farts. No, we co-opted these farts, but we're telling their story <laughs> with honesty. We, we hired someone else's farts to tell our fart jokes for us. Oh my god, dude. No, I'm with you. Cancel culture is also out of control. And I'm not saying like Lynn Manuel Miranda isn't capable of like, you know, doing great things, I guess. He's not my cup of tea, but But is he capable of just having two He's names not mine like either. the rest of us? Oh my god, Caleb. Listen, cream of wheat. Some people have more than two names. Do they though? 
Yeah, they absolutely I can't do. watch In the Heights now because I'm probably going to like that too. I've trashed that what, for even wait, longer. Wait, what? Caleb, stop listening, but I kind in of the- love In the Heights. Oh, yeah. If I watch it, I know I'm going to like it and then I'm going to be really fully sucked into this. I won't have anything to trash. Oh, no, there's plenty of stuff to trash. <laughs> okay, dude, watch Moana. But those are my favorites. We watched oh, Moana love- with Trixie. Dude, I fucking love Moana, but there's parts of it. Like, the story is crap, dude. It devolves so quickly. It goes, like, nowhere. No, and the songs are bad. Like, the lyrics are bad. Like, bad. I mean... Where is he from? He's Puerto Rican. Why is he telling the story, by the way? Because it's an island. <laughs> the big famous song from Bro. that, uh, How Far It Goes or whatever. Right. That was in my head for like three months when that movie came out. And I didn't even see the movie. No, it's catchy. But listen to yeah. the lyrics. I mean, oh, it's yeah. bad. Yeah. It's bad. I don't do crack because crack is whack. <laughs> yeah, he's like a crack PSA in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> he really is. That's what <laughs> this he is. is a story about why you don't do crack. <laughs> Fit all these syllables in the back. <laughs> <laughs> really is. He really is living... Don't do drugs, PSA, from the 80s. That's what <laughs> Like Will Smith's raps where he didn't curse and white people are like, I can jive to They're this. They're like, wait, I can play this in my car. <laughs> I can play this in my Subaru. I'm just saying, the people who introduced me to Hamilton, it's just telling who was a fan of this early on. Like... They were rich boomers who had seen the show multiple times, <laughs> who put it on a pedestal, who were like, you haven't heard this? I'm like, I think I've heard of it, and I know the story, but... It's the new black thing I heard. <laughs> yeah, it made them feel cool and urban, you know? Like, it made them not feel racist, because they love Hamilton. So, you know, if that works for them... Don't be so mean to Pence. <laughs> He's busy converting gay people into good people. Oh, wow. Anyway, sorry. I've been in a dark place this month in quarantine. Uh, Hence the story. Yeah, it's a dark dark story. I like it. Uh, It is. But again, there's this weird feeling of like release and uh, that is captured in it that was so like satisfying. Oh, good. To hear. Like, I don't know. I mean, and it is dark. Like, don't get me wrong. She murders a dude. Yeah. But like, there's something about the circumstances and then that moment, you know, she falls asleep on the couch and then she goes back up and she freaks out. But there's this like, I don't know. And and the way you read it, uh, it captures it too. Like this feeling of just like the simplest release. Like I'm free now. Yeah. I think that's something that everyone is kind of struggling with right now. Like, how do I get out of the cycle of like trauma we're all going through? Not to say all the all trauma, all traumas matter, but mm. I do feel like we're all experiencing some level of trauma right yeah. now. And it's difficult to compartmentalize like what level of trauma you're gonna deal with on any given day. Like yeah. personal trauma, world trauma. Uh, this general trauma we're all going through at the same time. Like, where do you begin, you know? Like, uh, militarized federal police trauma. Oh, dude, I I don't know how more people aren't talking about that. That is wild. Like... He's sending them to Chicago next. That's what he said. 
Because it worked out. Because the pilot program well, no, succeeded. Because Chicago's got uh, democratic lead- leaders. That's what he's going to do. And a healthy population of, of angry black protesters in the streets that yeah. he can just pull off and put into unmarked vehicles. Mm-hmm. And that's somehow legal in this country right now. It doesn't bode well for like polling places in November. <laughs> Dude, he already said he's not going to accept the results of the election, and they haven't even happened yet. Like, Maybe he won't accept them if he wins. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, what reality do we accept any at any given point? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> what reality do we accept? I don't know. <laughs> this, room, this room looks different from the inside than from the deep inside. <laughs> yeah, the George Soros deep state pizza parlor <laughs> palace. <laughs> Oh man, those Quanon are they Quanon? It's QAnon. QAnon. I don't it, QAnon. The Q, they've be- QAnon, like Q, and then the word anon. Yeah, that rolls off the tongue. QAnon. <laughs> they do know that a U always has to follow a Q in the English language, right? Because they should they, just. They seem no. to have missed that. That they missed rule. that. <laughs> it's they should just call themselves it should Klingons. Be it should be Quanon. If it's an English word, it should be Quanon. It should be Q-U-A-N-O-N. Nothing right. is sacred anymore, Caleb. They can do whatever they want. For some reason, white supremacists are terrible at grammar. I, I mean, I, I know what the reason is. <laughs> Small brains. Yeah. But it's funny to me that they always have a goatee and they always are terrible at grammar. Dude, and boycotting. I love how they buy shit and then destroy it. Like, they buy the shit they're boycotting. <laughs> There's also this new thing where they're buying masks that don't actually work, like, as a statement. So they're wearing a mask, but it's, like, fishnet as a joke. So you're spending your money mm-hmm. and you're endangering your life and the lives of others because it's funny? It's, they suffer from chronic SBS. And what's that, Caleb? Small brain syndrome. If you're experiencing small, small brain, brain syndrome, syndrome. <laughs> you may also experience you, you may also experience bouts of irrational rage, diarrhea, strange voting activities, or MAGA hats. <laughs> <laughs> you may be wearing your MAGA hat too tightly. <laughs> Grip the adjustable plastic band. Release the nubs. <laughs> Choose the nub that's right for you. Take the hat off, then set it on fire. (laughs) You've boycotted a product by purchasing it. Your brain may start to regrow in up to one week. (laughs) Put the tourniquet, put the MAGA tourniquet back on (laughs) in case you start thinking about your current reality too deeply. We've been responding to a lot of our listeners or our engaged audience. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg, on Facebook. And uh, they've been talking about a lot of concerns they have for the state of Florida, including Scientology armies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do wonder how Scientologists are doing during the pandemic. I don't know. I think they go on group vitamin runs because that'll help them avoid the virus like they go do running they, in groups and berets do they, but they don't are, they're like anti they're kind of like anti-science i know they're anti um psychology like they don't let people have therapy but like do they take they take medicine and stuff right 
No, they don't take medicine. They're not Christian scientists. No, they're. I know they believe in physical fitness and maybe <laughs> vitamins is the furthest it, Tom it goes. Cruiseology. They're full Tom Cruiseologists. <laughs> Last I heard, Tom Cruise and Miscavige were fighting. So Last that's thing created I heard was that Tom conflict. Cruise had fully transitioned into a middle-aged lesbian. I would like him so much more, to be honest. The only time we've talked about this, the only time I've liked Tom Cruise or believed in his performance was Eyes Wide Shut, which is a masterpiece, where he's playing a a, a man who is like a shell of himself and a total piece of shit, and I bought every second of it. Wait, what about Tom Cruise in Top Gun? No, <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at the men These, have chimed in. <laughs> oh, someone turned the AC down in the bro bus. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is definitely I, on that show. I love Tom Cruise in uh, Magnolia. Magnolia. Where he but just plays himself. Yeah. But like the weird, he's like the, one of those weird uh, like um, man, like bro man dating guru guys that's like that's like you know go hit the pussy or whatever <laughs> and uh great great uh catchphrase for but he's really just a sad like withered tiny man who misses whose father never loved him I, it's like incredible <laughs> he's perfect yeah it's as a incredible. cult leader he plays a cult leader it's just it's a, no but that so that's based on a real thing you know though i can't remember what it's called but those those that guy that motivational speaker guy what's yeah his name? That, uh, and, and, and he's been banned in a bunch of countries because he's like basically an incel he's just like an incel with money <laughs> I could tell because of the little vest he wears and his ponytail that he's and an incel. He does like he does like incel TED talks. They're called they're called Teddy Boy talks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about how you crush the pussy. <laughs> wow. So terrible. Uh, this reminds me of those like Pua books, the pickup artist books, where they talk about the steps yeah. to dominate a woman. Yeah, it's, the same, it's all the same. Where shit. you have to neg her and then demonstrate neg your her. value. So that's that when you. Mean? Oh my god, the amount of men who flirted with me like this my entire life. That's when you push a woman off a swing set, right? It's uh, it's the proverbial like metaphorical way. So you verbally do this to them. You like oh. knock them off their pedestal. You like oh. insult them in a flirtatious way by like making them look or feel stupid or like lesser than you. So you bring them down to your level. Like you make them vulnerable. So like what would be an example? Like, oh, you thought that joke was funny, huh? Or like, oh man, uh, well, you read a lot. I guess I read a lot too. It's like this one-upmanship kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's total foreplay. Yeah. Fun, good job. Fun. That's a real fun date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like that champagne? I bought the cheap one, so I guess you like cheap champagne. You've been had. Just kidding. That was really expensive champagne. You got really good taste. <laughs> there's a reason why there's an overlap between puas and trolls. Like it's the same population. They live under the same bridge. <laughs> It's disgusting and must musky under there. Do you want to cross the bridge? You have to pay the troll toll. <laughs> I can't not think of Danny DeVito when I hear that from wow. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's the most famous troll human hybrid in <laughs> I think in our culture. He is. He is. He walks among us. Danny DeVito? Yeah, him or Peter De this is so wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize. 
to the Don't little person. Just I, back off. Just I'm back just gonna. Jess, wa- I'm gonna backtrack right now. Back off. Just back off. The Game of <laughs> Thrones, st- dude. Just stop. Everybody stop. <laughs> Everyone stop right now. She already now. said stop. it. Like it already crept out. No, I, I know, but there is nothing. I know. I know. I. I. Yeah. We're Danny done. DeVito. Danny DeVito just... is not a troll. He's an amazing person, and I love him. You are allowed to call Danny DeVito a troll. It's fine. He's just a little guy. But the uh, the other one, is Danny the... DeVito, is just a little guy. No, Peter Dinklage is a king. Clearly, <laughs> so there's a difference there. There is a difference. Danny DeVito is just a little guy. <laughs> It's you know what that is what it is. Wait, do you remember the episode? Maybe it's just me. If it's always sunny, where like Danny DeVito is naked and buttered and like comes out of a leather couch, like he he like sewed himself in the seams and he's so overwhelmed he like pulls himself out. Just one of my favorite moments. Yes, we don't need to know what it's like for you to masturbate. <laughs> I would never draw that delineation, but you know. Whiskey lips, so I'm just I'm just boofing into the wind at this point, you guys. Oh, we finally figured out what boofing is. No, Boof- we already knew what boofing yeah, is. We, well, we clarified it again it's in, when in the squee, group chat. It's when Squee <laughs> takes a big sip of beer and blows it up Kavanaugh's ass. It's so important it made its way onto the calendar. Like who who marks on their calendar when they're gonna boof? Maybe douche, but boof? Come on, man. That seems well, like douching and boofing are similar in that they both you want it to be nice down there (laughs) they both include inserting liquid into a cavity of the body but one is for cleansing purposes and the other is for toxins the other is conservative bullet points (laughs) (laughs) which you can buy in bullet form fun little capsules you can insert into your anal cavity Mm -hmm. conservative bullet points Mm -hmm. it it is wait what are those called when you put um, suppositories. It's called That's the fair. Second Amendment, Jess. <laughs> oh, bear arms. Bear arms suppositories. Uh, you have every right to boof with impunity in this We country. could probably just cut this out at the Danny DeVito point or right before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. No way. <laughs> no, Matt wants to catch me in my film. We are, we are tacking your Peter Dinklage slip up onto the church door peter dinklage is the name of my butt plug so i'm allowed to say whatever i want Ooh, wow <laughs> none of that was true none wow. of that was true wow no. <laughs> i could say whatever i want now i'm I, officially that, a troll that stumped me <laughs> i couldn't solve that riddle i guess I'd, i i can't cross the bridge dinklage is a king stump is the name of the other one actually is there a little ar- army of plugs on your dresser drawer? Yeah. Right right behind me. Mm. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Spaced six feet apart from one another. Yes, they've all been sanitized. Make sure you wear your mask, Jess. Yes, and my booth mask. I got it. double protection these days. <laughs> so I'm going to attempt to pull this back onto the rails. Okay, thank you. Oh, oh, thank the music. You, I yeah. forgot about the music. So what's the protocol uh, when we're not really sure about the music, like in terms of the legalities? Do we um, talk about it still or do we yeah. talk about it in, no, I uh, think, in a I camouflaged should, way? No, I think we should just <laughs> talk about it because the whole purpose of aligning our episodes with Florida musicians was to 
show the myriad ways in which Florida is as musically weird yeah, <laughs> and diverse as its people. But now I can't remember who the musician is. His name is Andy Purcell. Thank you, he's a Jessica. country. He's a country rock musician whose work we enjoy. He's a tiny country star. I don't know if he would like being called tiny, but... In a big country <laughs> state. <laughs> Lots of people don't like being called tiny. Well, oh, I, right. Well, and here's my hypocrisy right here. Uh, now I, I'll stand in it. I'll stand in it. In one moment talking about Peter Dinklage, in the other hand, fighting for a man to not be called tiny. And you know what? We're, we are multitudes. I didn't so. call him tiny. I called him a tiny star, which is actually really nice. Now he's gonna. Now he's gonna call me a snowflake. Now we're getting a cease and desist. He's not calling you anything because he's not real good with that uh, email. That's true. That's true. Um, but we appreciate his music and we wanted to feature it. So thank you, Andy. Yeah. One day you'll be a supernova. We. D- it's true, and you will swallow all of the smaller stars into your black hole of stardom. <laughs> Andy, if you don't want to be affiliated with this, we get it, and we'll immediately take the music off of the podcast. So. And, inst- and instead, we will just ha- we'll hire an opera singer to just sing your name over and over again for That's 12 minutes. And then we'll minutes. have Matt's dad fart. Uh, I like hot these button. ideas. I think they're good ideas. We're, I am. We're full of. We're full of good ideas. We're like ti- tiny. Ti- we're, we're like old stars about to explode. Implode. Wasn't that a Smash Bi-plode. Mouth song? These are like Smash Mouth. Lyrics. These are. This is all just this whole. We only so what tiny what, stars about to explode. <laughs> Black ocean, won't, won't you come, come and boof along your face? Black ocean, won't you come? Songs done. And then you need like a Chris Cornell way in the back, <laughs> just like playing on a. <laughs> Chris Cornell in the background just playing on Michael Stipe's uh, tiny mandolin. <laughs> My favorite instrument. No, you know when Chris Cornell like sings back to himself screaming in the background? Black holes. <laughs> you got to have that part too. Boofing up. You know? Boofing really- up. Kavanaugh's butt. <laughs> He's on to- the Supreme Court. Boofing uh, up. Chris, Green if you want us book. to take this off the podcast, no, we will no. not. We will absolutely oh, not we will not. do it. No, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. Is Chris alive? Chris is alive. Chris Cornell? He's forever alive. In our, wait, is he alive? Forever, forever alive. That's his new album, Forever Alive. I'm going to look this up real wow, quick because I'm going to feel real bad. Alive. But the, so, the, so we, wanted, uh, we wanted the music for this episode to be some like, like super pop country you know, like very, like super, I guess mainstream country. I guess totally country, right. Modern mainstream Modern, country. Modern mainstream country. Because where you talk about partying, like everyday right, stuff. Right. Yeah. Like what's that? Uh, I'm not even gonna do it. Like Garth Brooks or something. Yeah. Like songs that are that are like that are like I got boots, I got a truck, I got other things that men like. <laughs> I got an American flag on the back of my truck. I wear boots. When I boo. <laughs> Chris Cornell is dead, by the way, so he can't stop us. Right. Oh, man. It's been a couple years, I think, right? I can't believe that, man. Oh, wait, he's That's dead? Yeah, yeah, he died like three years ago. 
You guys, so many people have died that I don't remember any of it. They should have raptured us all, man. That's I all remember, I asked for. The last thing I remember is that David Bowie died, and then I didn't care who else died, I guess. Oh, seriously, dude. We talked about this. Those few months where it was like, I forget who came first. It was, yeah, it was, probably it was uh, Leonard Cohen. Da- no, it was David Bowie, Prince, and Leonard Cohen. I think that was the order. And we were like, fuck it. I don't need to be alive yeah, I don't, It doesn't matter anymore. I'm just like pray- saying care. a prayer every day for Tom Waits. <laughs> Oh, God, the last stronghold. <laughs> oh, and thank God there's been no sexual harassment from his corner. I, I All the heroes have fallen. It's I couldn't even imagine that. He, he No, there's no way. I won't allow it. Tom, Tom Waits is I the oldest man. It. I will not allow it. <laughs> Tom Waits is the oldest man I've ever been in love with, and it's not allowed. He can't crush my dreams. He's the, he's the oldest man I've ever been in love with, too. It's, it's a universal theme, man. The music industry... Uh, hasn't been crushed with the sexual harassment stuff because uh, isn't it kind of just like a given? A right? given. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, how come? How come all of these rockers are unscathed? It's that's because- interesting, actually. Yeah, because like there are even like some of the people that we love to love, like definitely were having sex with sixteen-year-olds in the back of their tour bus. In the oh, dude, I have a friend who toured 70s. with, I probably shouldn't say this, but I shouldn't say the names, but he was telling me how he toured with this like modern rock group. He was the opening act and that nobody knows this, but they're all like huge heroin addicts, whatever, that's their business. But they also would have like underage girls around them at all times, like, and that that legacy persists. Like, Wait, is the band, that they're the worst. is the band the Jeffrey Epstein collision course oh no Jack. dude dude but the lead singer is one of the most reviled people that somehow still gets oscars bill cosby and... <laughs> singer oscars oh wait tom hanks <laughs> oh my god <coughs> you i just choked. oh i know what this is you're talking about micro no, braidlandia man you're, you're the... talking about five fists to mars or whatever no, that band is called. we can't talk about You this. are. You're talking about Five Fists to Mars. She's talking about Jared Leto. Leto. I can't confirm Legos. or deny Jared any Lego of movie. the above. I can't confirm. It's Micro everybody. Micro-Braid man. Now, now I'm going to get uh, a defamation. Uh... From who? Jared, if you want us to take this off. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Jared Leto. Also, I'm not talking about you, so. Jared yeah. Leto's lawyer is Chris Cornell, so. Interesting you thought of him right away, though, so. Oh, he because he did win an Oscar, right? Did he win an Oscar for that terrible performance? Uh, in, I think with he did. D- Dallas Buyers Club, or yeah. Where he was playing a trans woman, or yeah, yeah, great. Another cis hetero white man uh, taking up space. I really love Jared Leto's face being smashed in in Fight Club. <laughs> oh God, that's so. Speaking of catharsis, that's one of the most cathartic moments I've ever experienced in the movie theater. Oh God. I might have had a little. I might have had a little squee when that was happening. You know what I mean. You got to hold your squee in, hold it in until it counts, Jess. That's true. Yeah, you create a whole mess in public when you squee like that. Squee. Hmm. What well, else? What else we got? What I else we got think up our... we've. We should probably quit while we're ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that finish. I keep passing the finish line, and then uh, I still got to pee. <laughs> Circling back. <laughs> Let's circle back again. Let's see what else we got in this circle jerk. All Who's right. up next? What's the next? Uh, what's the next adventure? I, we don't really know because I'm I'm like way behind in my duties. Uh, 
because usually what happens to me these days is I get up uh, a party till noon and then I um, <laughs> and then I go collect snails in the backyard. I know what we should talk about. We should mention how we're making a film out of the podcast because we got a grant to do it oh, yeah. through Engage at Gable Stage. And four of the stories are going to be in a short film brought to life. Uh, and they can watch this anywhere online. I think it's on the YouTube account for Gable Stage on August 21st. So August 21st, right. our film's going to be out. And it's four stories. It's two of mine and two of yours. Yeah. yeah. We're it cool. features... We're cool uh, Florida people. Yeah, we're cool, man. We're super cool. Well, we won't we won't spoil it. You'll see. We're cool. Just hang, hanging out, hiding from COVID. It knocked on my door this morning, you guys. It knocked on my door. Oh, no. Is this an episode of Freezing Bros? <laughs> <laughs> A van full of freezing bros pulled up. Dude, open up. <coughs> Dude. Open Dude, up. it's so cold <coughs> in this van, bro. <coughs> I don't want to play you... anymore. Take us in. <coughs> It's not a joke, man. I like Matt's cough, actually. Matt's cough is right right on target. I think, yeah. I think we're definitely ending it there. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> Bye, y'all. He's making a story. He's tough and ain't afraid to bleed. Gave his life for you and me. That's a country boy legacy. Yeah, that's all he really needs He's tough and ain't afraid to bleed